Alright, so welcome back to another episode of Gumbo. This is episode 12. Uh, my name is Ja. I'm Dugo. Appreciate you guys having me back again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, this is our <laughs> this show. Is like, I work here. I work here. Uh, welcome back to episode 12. Um, favorite fantasy football podcast for, for, for off-season banter. So I wanted to actually get the show started with, I guess we can call it a debate. Um, or more so just like an exchange sure about what do, what a certain player yeah what do you got man so I posted something today on the page about Trey Lance it was okay. a quote it was a quote okay. um, from some guy and he was talking up Trey Lance and said that he should be like a top 10 quarterback and you DM me after that because you didn't you didn't you didn't like that yeah I think you mentioned it was Trey Lance um Bro, I'm not about it. I, I mean, like, I like the guy. I hope he does great. Don't get me wrong. But he just gives me flashes of players that just aren't doing well now. Like who? So, I would say, for an example, someone who actually went to the same college, some of the stuff that he does gives me Carson Wentz vibes. And, yeah, like, he did really, really well his rookie year. What does Trey Lance do that's like Carson Wentz? He's... He's great. Well, his first year in the league, one thing that I thought he did really well was read what was going on during the pass and run if he wasn't liking it. Like, he utilized his legs. And, like, when I was watching what he was doing today, when I was watching his film, there was times where, like, he got congested in the pocket. He made some really good moves, and he ran for a first down. That's great. How is that bad? It's not bad at all, but one thing that just tends to happen, especially like when you're young, you take a couple big hits and that just stops happening. You don't want to you don't want to scramble out as much. You're going to start forcing more passes like Carson's doing. And I'm not saying that that's an end all be all of what is going to happen with this kid, but it's just flashes like that and then I don't know, man. Like he he's a good runner as well, which gives him really good fantasy upside, and he has a good arm. Like I said, uh, very comparison or comparable to Carson Wentz, like I had said. But dude, like it's just so Trey Lance has a little bit of history with injury. I don't think it's too much for concern. Uh, back in October last year, during I think it was the first game they played against the Cardinals. Okay. Uh, he had a knee strain. It was like a grade one knee strain. Yeah. It was after they lost the Cardinals. It was his first start, and he ended up missing the following game, though Jimmy Garoppolo kind of, you know, came back or whatever. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, he had a meniscus trim. Um, yeah, I've had back one in, of those. Back in 2020, so I believe that was before he came to the NFL. Uh-huh. But that was just like a cleanup procedure. Um, it was over a high school injury, so nothing too crazy. Yeah. The reason I think those two injuries are really relevant, though, is because it's not like he has an extensive injury history. I mean, one thing was a cleanup procedure from when he was 17. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing happened to be, uh, you know, a knee strain first game in the NFL. Sure. But granted, he did get play time against, I think it was the Texans. Yeah, and he did pretty well. He did pretty good in that. And you could kind of see the development he had made in that game. Mm-hmm. I think this kid is a worker, but I also think that he picks up on things really fast. That's true. I mean, one thing to add to that Texans game... Uh, don't quote me on this, but I think it might have been the last game of the season. And plus, it was against like a pretty lackluster defense. Yep. Or actually, I'm sorry, it wasn't the last game of the season because the 49ers had to play the Rams to get into the playoffs. 
So, oh yeah, I that apologize. Was a, that was so a, it was yeah. probably prior to that, but it was his last game of, of the season, I think, for Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. But it was, I mean, Texans not a great defense, pretty pretty mediocre. But yeah. you know, he he did kind of show out. I think like he had a pretty. Actually, I think his passer rating was like thirty four point nine or something, but his his other rating was like in the higher like hundreds. I think like one hundred nine. So I mean, like take that with a grain of salt. Like I think he can do his job. Like, like I to to an elite level, I'm not sure. I think Trey Lance is a superstar, and I think that if you can trade for him now, go ahead and do it. If you have him now, you hold him on your team forever. I think that he has. A floor of 700 rushing yards over the course of a 17-game season. See, and I, it could possibly happen, man. I mean, Trey, Trey Lance is going to get 40 to 50 yards rushing every game just off the, just off his ability to do it. He's fast. I'd like to see him handle the ball better when he's loose and scrambling because he kind of holds it loose on one hand. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, like you know, he's they're going to integrate rushing into the game plan with him because that's what he does best. I mean, yeah, you could you could see that from the first couple games that he played this year as well, where they try to get him rushing as well, and some of it worked. Like he he would get like seven eight yards, which it, it's good, you know, like they're getting forward. So I I don't think they're gonna take that away from the offense. My just no. the biggest thing I see is just the possibility of from injury if they're gonna go more run heavy or something. Just because I mean, like these are they're better players than what he saw at North Dakota State. Yep. And, I mean, thank God he doesn't have to go against one of the Boza brothers. But because the Boza brothers? Yeah, because it's on, they're on their, his team. But, I mean, there's a lot of other great defenses out there, you know? There are. So, I don't know, man. Like, I think we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I think he has some good upside. I still, I mean, to this day, Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the He's team. He's going to be the star, Eric. And he's going to be a star. Yeah, but Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the team, so we'll even see if he's starting this year. So I don't know, man. He could be a star. He very, I, don't know, I could be eating my words. I very well could be, but I don't know, man. I have, I, I'm just hesitant with him right now. Well, we'll see what happens with that. I'd assume that Jimmy Garoppolo is probably going to get traded within the next you few think, months. Do you th- think he gets traded before the draft or during? I think the draft? he gets. Traded before the season starts. Before season starts. I don't think he's a 49er when the season starts. And so, with that, obviously, I personally think Trey Lance is a top 10 quarterback moving forward. And Dynasty Leagues, go get him. If you have him, hold him. And uh, sky's the limit for him. But there's another piece of that that's going to matter. And to me, that's Debo Samuel. Yeah. Uh, Debo Samuel, there's a bunch of rumors going around. We obviously don't know what's true. But there's a lot of rumors circulating that Kyle Shanahan would be open to trading him. Right. So Debo wants about 25. I, I don't want to speak for him. So he's he wants a big amount of money. Yeah, he, he wants to get paid. Probably probably nine figures. But in the eyes of the 49ers, he's had one healthy season in which he was a beast. And he was a really big portion of that offense. Mm-hmm. But that's one season. Like, you're going to pay someone 100 mil off of one season? Right, exactly, yeah. They started finally utilizing him to his utmost ability, and we got to see how glorious that was. But like you said, like, he was he was just now starting to get healthy. I don't really think he got all that hurt this year, so that's awesome. But I, I think in other years, he was pretty banged up, wasn't he? So He was. I would personally pay him. Yeah. Because I think right now you're going to get him 
I mean, in terms of the market and where the cap is going, you're probably going to get them for a pretty decent deal two years from now. Potentially, I mean, or I, think I, could also, I could also see them getting rid of him as well. Debo, I, Debo was a personality trait for that entire offense. You think just because like he was just a rough tugged dude, like he brought like that no. energy to the offense, or the reason I say that is because he was so multi-dimensional. Okay, and he was explosive no matter how he got the ball. Yeah, so he could strike from anywhere, anytime. He could jet sweep it to the house. He could. Go catch it, you know, as an ex-receiver down the sidelines. You can hand he, it off to him, You can put him in the slot. He'll go in the middle and get it. So he's he's on a rookie deal. I think he's making like 3 to $5 million. Something like that, yeah. But the issue with that is because his role requires his physicality be basically like ran into the ground. Yeah. They're basically asking him to destroy himself for the team, and we might go to the playoffs. Right. He's kind of in the camp of like, no, you should pay me. Which I agree. Like if you're gonna, if your game plan is centered around me just taking twenty hits a game, mm-hmm. great for my stats and all that. But like, I don't want you to just use me up this year, tag me the year after, and then like my value is nowhere near what it was two, three years ago. Right. That'd be that's kind of a fucked up. Like I don't want to hear about that. Yeah, it is kind of fucked up for sure, man. I feel that. So m- the reason it's relevant though is because. If you have Debo Samuel, what are you doing? Are you selling him? Are you nah, holding him? I think I think regardless of what, I mean, like you could probably sell him high as fuck right now and get a, you could probably get a haul for this guy right now for sure. But I would probably hold on to him. Realistically, I mean, I think wherever he goes, they're gonna utilize him to his utmost ability. I think that's been uh, shown out this year. So. I, I don't know. I There's no reason to really be hesitant about him or what are the projections he's going to put out in the future. I think he's going to be – I think he's uh, going to stay kind of where he's at. I mean, obviously, uh, staying top three is super hard. In terms of fantasy? Yeah, like right now he's – Maintaining kinda, a number three yeah, he's the year after? Yeah, like he's a top – He's he was the number three wide receiver this year, so – I mean, it's probably going to be hard to maintain that number three if he were to go elsewhere. And even if he stays on the 49ers, it'll probably be hard. But I, I can still see him in the top ten wherever he goes, even if he's on the 49ers this year. Yeah, he's 26, so he definitely still has some years left in him. Yeah, I mean, he's almost at that happy spot that we're talking about where yep. they they finna about the breakout. This He had his breakout. I mean, this very well could so have been. It's pretty much like dude is in his prime. You could get him now and still get him for a few more years. <sighs> yeah, man, that's a tough decision. I mean, and we're right. We're two weeks before the NFL draft, where right. it's a loaded rookie class for receiver. Yeah, that would that keep me up at night. I would hate to be Kyle Shanahan or John Lynch. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it's crazy to think like there's reports out there saying like. That they're willing to listen to any trade offer that's you know, uh, worth hearing. But what what trade offer would be worth hearing for someone like Debo Samuel? For sure, they didn't trade Jimmy Garoppolo either. No. They held out on him. So that's interesting. I want to keep it in the realm of dynasty. Yeah, what's going on? Um, I got a couple either ors. Okay, what's going on? So I have three players that I want to do it either or for. Okay. Uh, the way it'll work out is I'll say a player's name. I'll say either or. And then I'll say another player's name, and you got to tell me who you prefer. Okay. So, I want to start this in the realm of Dynasty tight ends. Sure. Hit it with me. I love tight ends. There's somebody who's been climbing the charts. Uh-huh. Albert O on the Denver Broncos. Okay. I 
believe Noah Fant was traded uh, to Seattle a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And so he's somebody who's, you know, on that Broncos offense with Russell Wilson, all the weapons around him. And a lot of people are saying that they predict he's going to kind of pop off. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have Albert O? Mm-hmm. Or either Irvin Smith? Um, Irv Smith, Irvin, Irv Jr. Right, right. I, uh... Swerve. Swerve. Um, honestly, I'd probably go Alberto. Why? And, and it's it's not because of any, like, overhype on him because Noah Fant's gone. He, he has all these stats that people think that matters towards, you know, that just, that integrate him as a top 10 tight end. Like, he hasn't shown anything. But I think he does have good upside, especially with Russell Wilson, even though he does tend to lack uh, dependency with tight ends because he's usually bombing it down the field. What does he do that Irv Smith doesn't? So what I think happens, I I just don't like the Vikings personally, man. (laughs) I don't want to own any Vikings. Why? Why? It seems like they're pretty dependent on their run game, man. And, I mean, like, that's pretty useful for the tight ends because you can always get those play-action dump-offs and stuff with them, which, hey, man, tight ends can make their money off that. But, I don't know. Irv Smith, for some reason, obviously they had uh, Conklin, who kind of popped off the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. But he's kind of been in, like, that backup role, and he hasn't really seen much of, like, an increase, increase in target share. Like, he's always been kind of like, what the fuck are you doing there, bud? <laughs> You know, like, I don't know. Like, he seems like at this point he might even be designated for special teams because, like, he just doesn't – he he isn't doing shit on the field for me. And at least with an open tight end room as it stands with the Broncos, I'd rather have Albert O with that upside with Russell Wilson than Irv Smith with Kirk Cousins. That's fair. So you're taking the quarterback. Yeah, I, it, quarterback comes into it uh, immensely. Yeah. The reason I like Irv Smith is because I see potential in that Vikings offense. Okay. What do you so, think is going to happen with that offensive coordinator? I don't or, know. Or, I'm sorry, with the new head coach as well. Kevin O'Connell was the Rams offensive coordinator. And if you know anything about the Rams, they lay, they ran a lot of three wide receiver sets. Yeah. They typically had three receivers out on the field. And typically neglected Tyler Higby. They neglected the fuck out of their tight ends, bro. I don't know if I'd say neglect. Tyler Higby was pretty productive. He wasn't a top end, like a top end tight end. Like you could have him on your team, so no one else has him. But like you weren't necessarily starting him on a week to week basis. Like if your if your tight end had like a bye week, you'd be like, "Fuck, dude! I guess I'm starting Tyler Higby." <laughs> <laughs> but like other than that, man, Tyler Higby's he's cool. He'll get you like 500 yards a year. He's pretty mid. Like he's he'll get you five touchdowns. He'll give you, you know, around sixty catches. Tyler Higby is. He's also twenty nine. Aging. But that's an offense that has Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham Jr., Robert Woods at one time, Brandon Cooks at another time. Yeah, and look at this offense. Van Jefferson. Look at the Vikings offense. Todd Gurley. Okay. Daryl Henderson. Can I say my piece quick? Cam Akers. Sure. Yeah, Deshaun Jackson. Oh, Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson. Good plug. Yeah. Yeah. What are you going to say? Well, I mean, the Vikings offense, they have Jay Jets, Adam Thielen, 
uh, Delvin Cook, who actually just switched their number to number four. four. Yep, good good call. Yeah, and uh, Alexander Madison. So, um, so I mean they're pretty loaded, and they also have uh, KJ Osborne, KJ Osborne, who I had just traded to you. Um, KJ Osborne's about to pop off next year. I don't think that's gonna happen. I think he just gets better. Maybe we'll see what happens, bro. He might that, that's 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 a stretch. Um, but I don't know, man. Like I just, I have a bad feeling about Irv Smith. Like he did pretty decent at Alabama, but like, when's the last time you've ever heard of a Alabama tight end popping off? Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley. I said tight end, sir, not wide receiver. Oh. Oh. Well, I don't think you can just judge him off of solely that. I mean, um, you. I don't want to paint with a broad brush, but you kind of can. I, I mean, there's pipelines from the NFL that people just want to get their hands on, like Ohio State wide receivers, uh, Alabama wide receivers, like you had just mentioned. Like people want to get these their hands on these guys because they're coming from premier schools. Not a lot of people go to uh, Alabama because of that, because the wide receivers are so overwhelming. That's why people are saying that Jeremy Ruckert is going to have a better career in the NFL than what he had at Ohio State. That's... I think he will be a better NFL player, too, so I can't even hate on that. I know they don't produce all of the best tight ends. They're not Iowa. They're not a lot of different schools. Like, the Big Ten, like, they produce tight ends because it's a really big blocking school. But the SEC has really gone to more of, like, a spreadish type. I mean, like... Alabama obviously still pounds the ball a little bit. Their tight ends are kind of more so like pure receivers. They're just bigger receivers. Kind of. I think it... Yeah. I kind of know what you mean, and I don't really have much to say towards the subject besides that. I think Irv Smith working up the middle can get his targets. I think he's athletic. Sure. I think Kirk Cousins will like having an athletic hopefully consistent tight end. Well, I mean, he's had him for the last three seasons and he hasn't done with him much since, so we'll see what happens. But I, I'll, I'll just end with this, at least with my part. The reason, I mean, Albert O, I think it has the upside just because of, like, the, uh, like I said, Russ, he has Russ, and he has an open tight end room with really no one else in there. So, I just think he has a lot more opportunity. And, obviously, yeah, like, his wide receivers are absolutely loaded. But, they aren't always going to have all three or four of those wide receivers out at a time. So, he'll have his opportunities. And, the the offense will have to, you know, key on those wide receivers, which could leave him open. That's fair enough. So, okay. I got another one for you, actually. What's up, bro? Uh, there are two running backs. I have one on my team, and you have the other on yours. Oh, shit. Okay. Devin Singletary or Michael Carter for Dynasty? For Dynasty, I'll probably have to go... It's a hard one, because like if Devin Singletary were to like get let go from the Bills next year or something, mm-hmm. and like if he were to go to a team and like pop off, yep. like that's dank. Like, I think he has some really good tools which could lead to that. But the likelihood of that, I think, is kind of slim. Because not a lot of people like taking uh, second chances on running backs that haven't really popped off much. Like, you saw, like, there was market interest for Melvin Gordon once he left uh, the Chargers. 
But that was only because, like, he was, like, a top 10 running back some years. You know, like, he fucking popped off. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, Devin Singletary really hasn't had that. I think he'll go to a team. But if he were to leave, I, or, like, if even if he stays on the Bills, I don't know. Like, I just... The Bills are his best case scenario. Yeah. For and, fantasy value, not real life, but for fantasy, you want to be attached to that offense. Right, exactly. Exactly. So, I don't know. Like, I... I'm sorry to go on a little bit of a tangent no, there. That kind of led nowhere. Keep going. But I would have to end with stating probably Michael Carter, or at this point at least, just because he's younger. Um, they they need a versatile back on the Jets, and if they think that they can utilize him, and if they don't go out and get someone else this year like some people are projecting, Okay. I, I think he could be useful for that offense because a lot of those running backs that they had in front of him last year, I think, are gone. Or at least I think he could at least beat them out for more carries. Yep. So I think you're probably going to see an uptick roll from him this year on the Jets. And, I mean, if the, if the Jets are going to pop off the way I think they will, and I hope they do. Um, I think I think that could be a great offense for Michael Carter to kind of carry the road uh, load in the backfield there, and I think he could. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna disagree with you on this one. I'm gonna go with Devin Singletary. I'm gonna go with Devin Singletary over Michael Carter. Kind of just out of fun because okay. I want to debate. Sure. But looking at Devin's stats from last year, I mean, he was available every game. So right. Devin Singletary, he's about five seven, two o three. He finished as the running back 20 in fantasy leagues last year. Yep. So, with that be... That's awesome. That's good. That's good. He was RB2. Yeah. Now, he had about seven games in which he had 45% snap share or less. Yep. So, he did not get that opportunity, really. They were still trying to, you know, figure out Zach Moss, incorporate Matt Breida to an extent. Uh, Obviously, Josh Allen was running the ball a lot. So, Devin Singletary had a few duds. From weeks three until weeks... Nine. He did not score in double digits in either yeah. of those for fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, his highest output was 14 attempts for 79 rushing yards and seven yards catching on one reception. That was just during that span, though, right? That, that was within just... that span against the Houston Texans. Okay. Devin Singletary is more than likely, I think, to keep his job. Yeah. I think he's versatile. I think that he got a lot of mileage not put on his legs within... You know, the first framework of his career because he had Zach Moss in the backfield to split reps with. Still back there as well. Yeah, man. He saved a lot of mileage. And now he's getting to the point to where Josh Allen has that huge contract. They're going to want to keep him within the pocket more as opposed to him rushing around as he gets older. Right. But also Devin Singletary kind of produces as an RB1. You have him on a cheap contract. And the way the Buffalo Bills at least seem to operate from the outside looking in is they keep their guys, like... They just yeah. extended Stephon Diggs after he did what he did for that team. Right. Devin Singletary was pretty vital last year. Um, I think that they reward that with more playing time, more opportunity, and then give him a give him a deal. You don't have to pay him a crazy amount. I know David Montgomery is also uh, – his contract is also coming due. Okay. So if you want to look at running back contracts or fantasy-relevant running backs who have second contracts, it's a very small group. It is. It includes Alvin Kamara. Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon got a second Aaron contract. Jones. Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook. Uh, Derek Henry. 
Derrick Henry. Uh, Austin Eckler. So like the top echelon, the top echelon. You got to be really good and you got to be special. Mm-hmm. But the reason that's relevant is because Devin Singletary is starting to come on towards the end of his rookie deal. Yeah. So he's starting to peak. Instead of peaking one or two years in, mm-hmm. he's going to peak three to four in. Yeah. So at the end of his rookie contract, four years in, he finally starts to ball out. And then they get him a friendly deal, like a deal in which he gets to stay at home. They're not going to pay him top of the market value, but at a certain point, like as a player, like if you're a running back in a second contract and they want to keep you in the same place three years for, you know, 40 mil, mm-hmm. 45 mil, whatever it is, that's kind of a dub. Like, I'd, Yeah, if you can you know, get like 10 a year still and you're at a home where you know the offense, everyone around you, like that's great. Like we saw the same Like Aaron stuff. Jones did. I mean, yep. Aaron Jones, Jones makes... Aaron Jones makes about $12 million a year, which I think is a discount for how good he is. Definitely. We got him for a really good deal as Packer fans, but I still want these players, especially running backs, to go out there and get their money. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I'm just... There's a little nudge to me just because, like, the running back market is pretty disrespected. And so that's just the reason why I think with Devin Singletary coming toward the end of his first year... What's the likelihood of him going somewhere and being the number one back? Mm-hmm. I just, I'm not sure. Because, like, if he doesn't stay in Buffalo, which it's, I'm not sure what the odds are. But, yep. you know, like, if he were to get, like, a second chance there, that's great. Like, he, he'll obviously probably keep his role and continue to do his thing. It's just always going to another place. You never know how it's going to translate. Yep. And so, Michael Carter just being, that was his first year. And, yeah, he was banged up. But I he mean, had over a thousand all-purpose yards. Yeah, like you still saw some upside from him, and mm. if he's healthy throughout the year, what are Bro. those numbers gonna be? So my real take or my real answer would have been to agree with you on Michael For Carter. Sure. No, I, um, I mean Devin Singletary obviously has upside, but they're considered within that same like tier of running back right now. I would say so because Michael Carter hasn't really like popped off, popped off like people are expecting. But do you see how disrespectful that is to Michael Carter, even though? Yeah, I mean, I think it's an easy answer. Just because, I mean, if you're speaking from dynasty, I, I just think from a longevity standpoint, I think Michael Carter should be the easy answer. I think in general, man, I'm really big on him, and I'm not going to sit here and like spaz about him for 20 minutes, but I just want to make a point. He stepped in to the New York Jets organization after being a uh, running back by committee, kind of. Yep. Um, in college, he played at North Carolina with Javante Williams, who's projected to be like a top three dynasty running back. Yeah. He produced well enough to go get drafted in the in the third round, I think, uh, by the New York Jets last year. So that's still day two draft capital. Mm-hmm. He went for a thousand or over a thousand all-purpose yards. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what all-purpose is, it's how many yards you get running and how many yards you get catching. Mm-hmm. He missed some games too. And right. he was also in a committee with other PPR-style backs like Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson. Right. So he lost a lot of pass work. I think that the coach, Robert Sala, was really big on Michael Carter during the draft. Mm-hmm. They even said it in the press that they thought getting Michael Carter in the third round was a steal. They utilized him really well last year. Michael Carter's natural scheme is the zone scheme. Mm-hmm. He picks the hole and hits it. And that's the same scheme that Robert Sala kind of runs uh, from his time in San Francisco mm-hmm. under Shanahan. And Michael Carter's about 5'9". He's really small. 
but he kind of gets lost within those holes or behind those linemen when he's picking a hole. Right. And then once he hits it, if he just fucking bursts out of the bursts out of the hole, I mean, no, it's like, where is he? Mm-hmm. And even so, with him being smaller, he has a lower center of gravity. So it's easier for him to juke you out as opposed to you, like, bending over to tackle someone. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Yeah, having to break down and all that stuff that it takes to tackle someone, that's... That that's uncomfortable to do everything. all game. It is. It really is. I mean, I've been put in that position playing on the defensive side before going against those small running backs. That doesn't sound fun. And it's usually going to be an open field by the time he gets to the second level. So you're a linebacker now. This 5'9 dude, fast as fuck, is yeah. running at you. He's, like, juking and shit. And you're like, fuck, I got to square up and make this tackle. Mm-hmm. That's just like a lot of mental pressure as far as that goes. But I feel as if Michael Carter has a really special skill set. And I'm going to put him in the same class as a young... I think he's like a young Aaron Jones or Alvin Kamara. Interesting. Well, he's, he's come out and said that's who he looks at for inspiration and shit. But. Well, that's great. I mean, everyone should look up to those guys for inspiration. But, I mean, just because you look up to him doesn't mean that it's always going to pan out to be... Exactly that. I mean, I think he's going to be good. Don't get me wrong. We'll see where he lands out. But, uh, yeah, I think Michael Carter, I think, should be the easy take uh, versus Devin Singletary. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of Michaels, I got one last either or for you. Okay, what's up? Um, Mike Williams or Hunter Renfro in Dynasty? Who'd you rather have? That's an interesting one. Um... So Mike Williams just signed a long-term or just signed a new contract with the Chargers. You got Hunter Renfro who is coming probably towards the end of his rookie deal with the Raiders. Okay. That's it's hard just because uh, it's hard to pick because both of them have uh, loaded wide receiver rooms. Yeah. Uh, both of them have they're almost wide receiver twos. In their, in their respective wide receiver room. So it's hard to pick. Mm-hmm. I would honestly say probably Mike Williams. Just because I think that Devontae is probably going to demand a little bit more from uh, of a target share than what Keenan Allen does. And so I, I don't know. I just think that that's going to be a lot of what we see this year from the uh, Raiders is Dave Carr to Devontae Adams. Just repeatedly 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 and then after that gets boring they might spice it up and throw it to Renfro or Darren Waller Darren Waller's gonna get used a lot yeah but I just I don't know I I want to say Mike Williams just because I think Hunter Renfro might become not necessarily an afterthought but like he was wide receiver I think 11 this year I could very well see him like wide receiver like 20 or like 21 this year wow okay like I and that's no hate on him. I just think with an addition of Devontae Adams, I mean, those targets are going to go away. I would also say Mike Williams, but not even solely because of that. What What's your reasoning? I think the Chargers are going to draft a wide receiver. Um, Keenan Allen is the other receiver in that room. Yeah. And Keenan Allen is set to make something around, like, 18 mil this year. Yeah. For Keenan Allen, if you were to ever get off of his contract would probably be going into the 2023 season. Okay. Uh, Keenan Allen is a dead cap hit this year of $26 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, next year, so next offseason, he would be a $6 million cap hit. Save $20 million, which is basically like damn near Depot's contract. Yeah, that's Where he ends up. So I think that Mike Williams would be the good buy right now. 
and hopefully he can have another great year with Justin Herbert, and Definitely. they can establish that kind of a relationship. Yeah. Um, I like Hunter Renfro. I think that he's still a wide receiver. He's still a wide receiver, too, for sure. He's a low-end wide receiver, too, I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, because he's just going to be consistent, and he's going to get his targets, and you can't... I don't think Carr is going to be like Rodgers and only target Tay. For sure, yeah. He has relationships with other receivers there, too. Mm-hmm. So, I think that Hunter Renfro is still going to be a... Really good pick. A steal in, like, the fourth or fifth round if he lasts until then. Yeah. Um, and that was that, that was kind of, like, the last, like, either or. Okay, gotcha. Either or whatever. Hell yeah, man. Well, I appreciate those questions, yeah. Um, I think definitely Mike Williams, I think, at this point, though, just with the addition of Dante. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the bigger topics I wanted to go over was last week's podcast. Okay, for sure. Which one? So, the one where we did the mock draft. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. What's going on with that? We left out a pretty important player. Who was it, dude? We didn't lo- we, we didn't miss we lo- out on We left one. somebody out. Who? <sighs> I fucked up because it's also like he damn near has the same name as me. Like, oh, dude, Jahan Dotson. Oh, dude, we forgot to put Jahan Dotson in. Oh, the dude, dude, this this motherfucker is projected to go like in the first <laughs> round. <laughs> we... Yo, straight up, straight up. I just forgot. Yeah, but I fucked off. <laughs> Bro, Jahan Dodson is a beast. Um, he that's is. my apologies. If I had to project where I would take Jahan, <laughs> it would probably probably be at the end of the first. Five eleven out of Penn State. He's broken a lot of the records there. Penn State, if you don't know, they have a crazy like alumni wide receiver class. Yep. Um, I know one of them is Allen Robinson. Yeah, I believe. I, think so. I believe think so. like towards the. Early, like, 2010s and all that. And they have a bunch of other, like, NFL, high-end NFL caliber yeah, guys. Uh, Michael Tinsley. Hamler right now, who's at uh, Denver. KJ Hamler. Oh, okay. Chris Godwin went there, too. Okay. Um, but they, they, have, they have a bunch of beasts. And I like Jahan Dotson because I think that he runs routes damn well. He's fast and shifty. He yeah. seems to have a pretty decent catch radius. He catches with his hands, and he always pulls it in. Yeah. I don't think that there's much you could ask him to do that he couldn't get done. He has he has bunnies. Like, he can jump. Yeah, and man. I mean, when we were watching film today, I mean, I must have missed this, but he was taking snaps from the backfield and stuff, too. Like, that's pretty impressive. And yeah, getting he's touchdowns, versatile. too. Yeah. So, that's huge, man. Like, I mean, if you can utilize something like that, I mean, you can almost comp him to... I don't want to say, like, Debo Samuel, but, I mean, if he's going to start doing stuff like that, like, it's pretty impressive. I don't think he's going to be utilized like a Debo. I don't think he's built like that. Do you? But, I mean, if you can just add, like, a second, third notch to a wide receiver other than just running routes, like, that's just huge. I'm sorry to cut you off, but what's going on? I want to ask you about a certain, like, receiver class or receiver type. Sure. So over the last few months, Debo Samuel has been everyone's favorite fantasy wide receiver. Yep. They used him in a bunch of different ways. It was exciting. Kyle Shanahan, like, comes up with this new, like, crazy-ass, like, player. Yep. He stayed healthy for most of the year. Um, And that's cool and shit, but, like, realistically, how often does that work for receivers? 
not necessarily very often. I mean, we've seen some other renditions of it, and it finally paid off with Debo. Cordero like, Patterson is another one. Yeah, he, he was as well, for sure. I mean, uh, we're kind of seeing some of the same stuff with, like, Jakeem Grant. Yeah, he's fast. Uh, I mean, so, like, if you can get a receiver like that, I think you can make it work. Like, I mean, like, there's a lot of receivers out there now that are getting, like, those touch passes and, like, taking it to the house. Like, we are seeing that stuff nowadays. So, I mean, if we can get more receivers like that, and I think Jahan Dotson could very well be one of them. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be exactly like uh, Dilo Samuel. But, I mean, if you think of, like, a versatile wide receiver, and if you need someone like that, mm-hmm. I-, I think this is... He has to be at least in like your conversation. He's up there on the list. Yeah, he but has to I, be up there on the list. Yeah, and then I think to carry uh, to add on to what you're saying about like where you would draft him. Okay. Uh, I think right now, at least like in our league, he's okay. typically going around like the top of like the second to like middle of the second. So I mean, like he's kind of like in my wheelhouse, man. Like if I need a wide receiver, will you tell the viewers what picks you have in the first round this year? Yeah, my picks this year, the first are uh, the 1-4 and the 1-10. Yep. And then my uh, second round is the 2-3, two, 2-4. Two, uh, third round, I think I have the 3-2 and 3-4. Okay, so the first three rounds, you have about six picks. Sure do. You got about six picks. Yeah, so a lot of, like, this is a huge draft for me, man. Like, I'm going all in. It is. How have you been studying? Have you just been watching, like, highlight tapes? Have you been reading articles? Uh, highlight tapes. What's your strategy? Trying to go all 22. You know, I mean, yeah, man, like, you gotta watch all 22 tape. You gotta see, like, what they're doing when they're not getting the ball. Okay. Um, Fair. You know, just stuff like that. I mean, I'm watching what other people have uh, takes on it, trying to take what I like of what they're saying. If I don't like something, you know, obviously you don't have to take it uh, for gospel or anything, you know, formalizing your own opinion, I think is a great way to, of going to do so. I don't think it has to be based off of just my opinion because I could be missing out on stuff that people are pointing out, which I think is very useful. When you're scouting wide receivers, yeah, what's one thing that they have to have? I really like burst off the line. Um, when when you're that first second. What you're doing with your feet, like, it's alright if you're, like, kind of, like, hesitant. But, like, if you're not making an explosive move out of that cut. Like, when you watch Devontae Adams, like, that first move, it's not always forward. It's usually he's jumping off. He's trying to get that cornerback to kind of think where his feet going. Okay. And then he'll make his route out of that. And I love that. So, if they don't have good burst out of... Or if they don't have good burst off the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. it's typically a no. Yeah, typically like good burst off the line of scrimmage, or like if you're if you're a big wide receiver, I don't take that more into effect. If you're a big wide receiver, I try to put more into the effect of how you try to high point and attack the ball. We were having a conversation uh, about an hour ago. Mm-hmm. We get together like every week when we do the pod and we watch like highlight film, just making sure we know what the fuck we're talking about, reassuring whatever it is that we want to get off and there was some tape up on Jahan Dotson yeah and we both kind of looked at it and like looked at each other and then looked back at it 
And it was his tape against Ohio State, I want to say. Okay. I think I picked that out, and I think I picked it out because Ohio State is probably the closest thing to NFL. Maybe defense, defense yeah. that they played that year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, other than Wisconsin, I'd say. So you just told me that the number one no-no for you, or whatever the fuck you want to call it, the number one thing that they cannot do as a receiver is to stutter at the line of scrimmage before they go off on a route. Yeah. Or to fuck not have just fluent footwork. Yep. Would you say Jahan Dotson has fluid footwork off the line of scrimmage or going into his route? He is hesitant off the line. And it just seems like right off, like his first person maybe isn't that explosive. But once he gets it, like in his second gear, like once he is out in his route, he is busting off. Yeah. Like he is fast. Wait, he's what? He's busting off. Oh. He's busting. Okay. Like he's busting down the field. Like he's like, hey, yo. Like I know we were running this route at the 20, but hey, yo, bro. Now I'm at the 30 of the other end, bro. Like, don't me the ball. And that well, all happened. What? He was... He, he's busting. Busting, busting. You gotta relax, bro. Ayo, bro. <laughs> you gotta relax. Jahan Dotson. So Jahan Dotson is a receiver that we forgot to put in our drafts last week. That's on us. It's our bad. We just wanted to go ahead and talk about him to give him his honors because I'm sure that between the two of us, one of us will end up drafting him onto our teams. It looks more likely to be Dugo, though. Probably. I'm going to have... I, I've, I. It's probably going to be Dugo at the 110. No, not at the 110. Not at all. That what? won't happen. No. No, I, I'm not going to talk my draft strategy out to the general public as of right now because we have a lot of fantasy listeners in our, uh, in our league. Fair. Let me ask you another question that's unrelated to that. Saw, dude. Would you rather draft a wide receiver or a running back with the first pick of the draft? Like Let's say they're both on the same level of talent. Um, I mean, if you're talking dynasty-wise... Let's say Jamar Chase or Jonathan Taylor. Are we talking dynasty? Dynasty-wise. Okay, what's my team looking like right now? You have... Or is this a startup? Let's say a current team. My current team right now, I need a I need a running back through the future, so I'd take a you, running back. So let's say on an imaginary team, you're a player who's gone into a draft, you traded for the first pick in the draft, okay. and you have a bunch of RB2s and wide receiver twos. Okay. So your team is littered with people like Terry McLaurin, Amari Cooper, uh, maybe Antonio Gibson, Josh Jacobs, and you get the first pick of the draft, and you got to flip one of those rooms upside down with who you get. You need to get a superstar. You need to get that player who can like elevate your entire team. You got to choose between Jamar Chase or Jonathan Taylor. Um, who are I you would, taking? Yeah, I'd probably go. If you're talking dynasty, I ten uh, years. It's interesting because I mean, running back longevity obviously has to play a key part in that. And wide receivers, obviously, they they tend to get second contracts much easier. Yeah. So it gives me a little bit of hesitancy, especially with a ten year outlook. I might have to go Jamar Chase, man. With that, at least like in that. I mean, like I want to say Jonathan Taylor just because I love him and he's he Give went me JT. to Give he me went JT. to Wisconsin. I just. Give me JT. 
There's something between a Jamar Chase and a Joey Burrow uh, connection for the next ten years that just sounds right to me. I think that that's. I think Jamar Chase is gonna go into the Hall of Fame one day if he stays healthy. Yeah, I mean the same with JT. Don't get me wrong. I mean I love JT. I just running back tenant or running back uh, dependency is definitely a thing, and I think if I go and draft someone, I think I could have a better chance of drafting. Like a running back, at least that I think, could that could fill a hole rather than a wide receiver who could fill a Jamar Chase, Joey Burrow connection. If I have a bunch of RB twos and wide receiver twos in my current lineup, and I'm drafting between Jamar Chase or Jonathan Taylor, mm-hmm. I gotta go with JT, man. I mean, I feel you, man. Especially running back points are so much more vital, I think, than. Wide receiver. Getting 30 points from my RB1 compared to getting 30 points from one of my receivers. I know at the end of the day, the score still comes out the same. Mm-hmm. but It feels different. It feels different. And you can go into the waiver wire and find a receiver at the beginning of the year that puts up 75% of that. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I'm kind of, I'm like, I'm splitting hairs at that point. But, like, at the end of the day, like, if I'm looking at, like, a five-year I'd probably pick JT, but if you're going tenure, that just it throws yeah. it off for me. So I mean, that's just why I go with Jamar. Yeah. Most most years, you wouldn't be able to pick up a free agent running back who would put up twenty five or thirty points a game. Right. That's not gonna happen. No, but I I could hopefully draft someone who could do that. Hopefully, hopefully, I feel you. So I'm gonna go with JT, and you're gonna go with Chase. I guess so, man. Yeah, if we're going ten years. Okay. Unfortunately, like I love JT, man. Don't get me wrong, but like. Just longevity, 10 years, is just hard for me. Speaking of 10 years, who's your QB1 for the next 10 years? Probably Josh Allen, man. I love Josh Allen. Damn. Bro, why you gotta say shit that I agree with? I don't know, man. I apologize. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with that, too. Josh Allen's probably yeah, my QB1. Man. What about your two? Who do you have for your two? So, I, we both made a list today. Sure did. You wanna talk about it? Yeah, let's do it quick. So we posted something on Instagram, Twitter, if you follow us, and it was a tier of some of the five quarterbacks that we think are going to be the best quarterbacks for your dynasty teams. Okay. Um, a lot of it was Josh Allen. Mahomes was my two. Okay. Um, I had uh, I had Lamar Jackson as my two. As your two? Yeah. Over Mahomes? I did. Why? Rushing ability. For how long? I don't know. Like I just I like his rushing ability. So like if I could go out and draft someone who can go out and do kind of the same thing that Lamar's doing in like three, four years, that's I Who has the better offensive coach between Lamar and Patrick Mahomes? Um I mean I feel like that's kinda based. I'm, I'm just asking a question. I mean, I think historically probably Andy Reid, but I mean you gotta give John Harbaugh his flowers as well. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying who's the best out of the two of them when it comes to planning for and scheming for offense. Yeah. yeah. It's probably Andy Reid. Probably. Who has the stronger arm? Uh, Obviously, Patty Mahomes. Who's more accurate? Patty Mahomes. Who has better receiving weapons? Oh, uh, right now, I mean... For Lamar's Mark Andrews, it... Patty has Travis Kelsey. So that cancels itself out. Yeah. Hollywood Brown, I don't know. Devin Duvernay, I don't, yeah, uh, Rashad I was, Bateman. Well, the biggest thing, the reason why I have him as my two is because of his rushing ability. 
All right, that, that's all I'm saying. It's because he can get rushing touchdowns, which equals six points instead of five. If you play in a league like that. Yeah. Like, all I'm saying is, like, there's just things that he does that Patty doesn't necessarily do all the time. Like, he's more dependent on his arm, I think, than his legs. Obviously, he utilizes legs, but there's things that, you know, Lamar Jackson just, he runs more. And so, I just, I want those points. Give me Patty. Patty's finished above. I think and you can have them as your two. That's fine. That these are our two different lists, dude. Fair. Like fair. we don't have to. We don't have to fucking disagree about every single thing. Like I respect that you have them there. I mean, I have Patty Mahomes in my top five. Like I'm not trying to shit on Patty Mahomes or anything. Jesus Christ. Who's your three? I have Joey B. Okay. Who do you have? I have Russell Wilson. That's fair. I mean, I have Russ in my top five as well. I just think I think Joey B fits better at the three because he's younger. So if we're talking dynasty, I think Joey has to be a three, and with his weapons as well. Okay, who's your four? I have Patty Mahomes there. At four, okay. Yeah, who do you have? I have Justin Herbert. That's a good pick. I have I have him just outside with my six right now. He should be my five, I think, though. Who's your five? Russell Wilson. Okay. Mine is Kyler Murray. I don't like that at all. I, I, I just, there's something about Kyler Murray that gives me just uneasy feelings. I just don't know if he's going to be in the league very long, bro. Like, as, as weird as that sounds. He's 24. I know, man, but I just think but he's... But Lamar was here too, and he does more rushing than Kyler does. I know that, but he, I think, is also more built for it than Kyler. So Kyler's about 5'10". And I think he's more accurate than Kyler. Lamar is 6'2", so he has four four inches on him. What about weight, though? I think Lamar's 2'12", and Kyler's 207. So okay. Kyler's a little bit more compact for his size than Lamar is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think you can put that on Kyler if you have Lamar at your two. Like, if you're talking about his vulnerability to getting hurt. I mean, he got hurt last year for a few games, but so did Lamar. Right. So I don't think that it's you know what I mean like I think off of pure ability Kyler can run no for sure but I also think when they are passing I don't think Kyler is as accurate as uh, Lamar like I just think that there's things that Lamar makes happen that Kyler I guess he depends more on his weapons to happen like I think that miracle throw that happened um, against the Bills I think it was. Mm-hmm. I think that was more on D-Hop going and getting it than Kyler Murray throwing it. So you got a pretty fair point about that. Over the last three years, Kyler Murray has had an inter- a season with 10 interceptions and two seasons with 12 interceptions. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray every year averages no less than 3,700 yards. He averages no more than 26 touchdowns in any of these seasons either. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray's pass attempts range around 500 a year. And his rushing attempts probably closer to the side of a hundred. Okay. I like his versatility. I think that as someone who had him last year, I enjoyed him when he played. Sure. When yeah. he went out week seven or eight or middle of the fantasy season last year. Um, but he got injured unfortunately, and obviously hopefully he healed up well. But when I lost him, like that kind of left somewhat of a sour taste in my mouth. D-hop, same shit. But I think in a year in which he's healthy, 
He's a top 10 quarterback, and he's going to do shit that Lamar can do as well as far as scoring points. That's fair. I mean, but at one point, Lamar was number one overall quarterback and number one overall in fantasy for points. That's fair. One year, yeah, you did that. What was he last year or the year that, before that? Uh, So in 2020, he was 10, and then he was 15 last year after uh, missing five games. So he was one three years ago. Yeah. Okay, and then he hasn't cracked the top 10, or I guess 10 last year. And in 2020. 20, and then 2021. Five games. 2021, he missed a few games. Yeah, that's fair. Five games. That's fair, yeah. That's no, he More than a few. Yeah, that's fair. And Lamar, he's still 15th. Yeah. Lamar, if he's healthy, he's a beast. Yeah, he's going to get you like 20 or 30 points a week. But regardless, uh, my top five... Is going to be Josh Allen at one, Patrick Mahomes at two, Russell Wilson at three, Justin Herbert at four, and Kyler Murray at five. And then Dugo has... I had Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Joey B, Joey Burrow, Patty Mahomes, and Russell Wilson as my five, rounding it out. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, shit, appreciate, appreciate you guys for listening. Um, my name is Ja. I'm Dugo. Appreciate y'all. We appreciate you guys for tapping in with us. Um, feel free to follow the show. Um, follow us on Instagram. Just let us know you fuck with us. We appreciate you guys. Uh, we're going to head out and hope you guys have a magnificent week. We'll see you next week.